Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning to you. Our lines are open 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can tweet this morning at C103Cork or indeed you can email us jp at c103.ie. And what a great weekend it was weather-wise for first of all anyway. Not a bad weekend weather-wise sun shining as it is at the moment in many parts of Cork. And overall not supposed to be bad enough week weather-wise. I think when we get to this time of the year and as the leaving starts prepare to to sit the exams we're always guaranteed for some reason or another usually anyhow some good sunshine uh, towards the end of May and the start of June I'm sure anybody who sat the Leaving Cert will remember the sunshine beating in the window as you're studying and indeed as you're sitting the Leaving Cert so always usually around this time of the year we're guaranteed good weather why I don't know but usually that's the way it falls and what a good weekend it was on the pitch as well and a text in from Mary who says up the rebels what a match it made my day not one person had a good word to say about Cork before for the match all because they had a bad match last Sunday beating Limerick made my day up the Rebels says Mary on text on 0862103103 what a great game indeed Mary and especially in the second half Cork came out fighting in the second half and uh, I'm sure you heard the commentary yesterday with John Cashman here at C103 and a great victory uh, for Cork and hopefully now because the win over Limerick of course the All-Ireland champions that will gear on Cork to perform even better for the next number of games they will have but a well done to the Cork hurlers yesterday playing at the Gaelic ground in Limerick and ahead uh, this morning on the show and something we get a lot of calls on all the time and this is regarding litter and people noticing litter being dumped in various parts of the county and the city and now because we're aware people are getting fined for dumping rubbish it seems that under half of the litter fines around the country are being paid. Research has come in from the Environmental Group Voice and they have found that 43% of litter fines were collected by local authorities between 2012 and 2017. So we are asking the question this morning, do we need tougher enforcements? Are we in a situation now where people realise they can dump rubbish, they may get a fine, but they know 
they don't have to pay the fine. The enforcements aren't there. They'll just get the fine and ignore it. And that's what seems to be happening, not by all, but by some anyhow. And the environmental group voice wants something to be done about this. Maybe have different sanctions instead of getting a fine and have different sort of punishments for those who do go and litter the countryside. We'll be speaking shortly with Mindy O'Brien from the group voice. She'll join us on the show. Your viewers are welcome on that. A lot of people say we should have tougher stance for fines and maybe now we just need to not even look at fines and have have something else in place uh, that people are even made go out and pick up the rubbish or, or something like that. Uh, your views are welcome. What can we do if we have a situation whereby the fines at this stage aren't working and people just simply are not paying them? We'll discuss that shortly. Also, how more than half of Irish teenagers have been drunk more than once. Now, many of you not surprised by this particular research, but we'll be asking uh, and discussing this on the programme this morning. And uh, one thing that comes out when we discuss this particular issue of alcohol and young drinkers, in particular teenagers, is does the price of alcohol need to increase? When we have that argument, you have people uh, at one side who are, are not big drinkers and might have a bottle of wine on a Friday evening. Should they be punished because of how much more others consume or would price make any difference to those young drinkers uh, discussing that this morning on the show we continue our preview of the local election areas today we'll be looking at the Formoy area and also interesting research being carried out by Ovens National School and in UI Galway on how doing your homework and watching TV does not mix well we'll hear how they carried out that research and indeed the findings of that this morning also nutritional advice with Annalisa joining us from the Health Hub in Ballincollig. If you have a health and nutritional question for Annalisa, get it in to us across the morning. Uh, we get a lot of questions for Annalisa. We cannot get to them all, so get your question in early for her. She'll be joining us after 12.30. You can get those into Bernie 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 086-2103-103. Also across the weekend, we got a number of emails in from people who are in the areas that are transferring from Cork County Council to Cork City Council. And as people predicted, it's the small issues are going to be the big problems. And there's a number of small issues that have come up now for people who are transferring from the county to the city. We'll hear about those across the morning also. Plus, your chance today to win because the Mala Home and Garden Show, Munster's biggest outdoor festival, is going ahead at the Cork Racecourse in Mallow this weekend from Friday, May 24th to Sunday, May 26th. And in conjunction with the upcoming Mala Home and Garden Show, C103 and co-op superstores in Mallow are delighted to have this wonderful prize on offer across the week. It's a Hampton three-seater corner lounging set. It's an outdoor set. It comes with a three-seater sofa, an ottoman, a coffee table, which is weather resistance for all year round outdoor use. If you would like to win that particular set, well, across the morning, I'll be giving you an audio clip, playing you an audio clip, and that audio clip will contain a guest that we had here on the show over the last couple of years. Basically, you need to get the guest that we had on our sofa over the last couple of years. I'll play you the audio after 11 and again after midday. We'll take calls on this after midday. If you can figure out, if you can guess the 
the guest we had on the show. If you can figure out who that particular person is, you could be in with a chance on winning that particular Hampton three-seater corner lounging set uh, coming together with a three-seater sofa, an ottoman and a coffee table. Uh, that would be nice outdoor if we get the summer like we did last year. Wouldn't that look nice uh, outside your home? Anyhow, uh, that and more to come between now and one today. Your calls and comments are welcome. 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Monday morning, lines open 1850-333-103 text of WhatsApp 0862-103-103 and a news reached us this morning you remember last week we spoke with a group from Bally Desmond who are against the proposal of a battery storage facility which is going to be set up near Bally Desmond they're afraid of if anything was to happen with that particular facility their research shows that the area around Bally Desmond may need to evacuate if anything went wrong with that particular storage facility not saying that ever it ever would go wrong but if, if it was to go wrong uh, areas in that particular part of North Cork would have to evacuate and the group in, locally in Ballydesmond they're against this particular facility uh, getting planning and being set up near Ballydesmond it would affect the communities of Ballydesmond and Guinea uh, so it borders the Cork and Kerry borders the planning that was coming from Kerry County Council because it's on the Kerry side uh, of Bally Desmond rather than the Cork side. Uh, I've got a few texts in this morning now. A very large contingent of people from the Bally Desmond area, they have uh, gone this morning on silent protests at the County Council offices in Tralee uh, and their messages, they want to highlight this because it was Kerry County Council that initially gave the planning for this particular facility. Uh, we might speak to some of those who are at the County Council offices in Tralee this morning, but that is the very latest on that particular story a group of people from Bally Desmond protesting uh, outside the council offices in Tralee this morning against that particular facility uh, which is due and proposed for uh, the area near Bally Desmond. More on that across this morning. Uh, also across the, the morning we will be uh, and if we don't get, to this, to, uh, get to, the, to this particular topic today we'll go and we'll discuss it tomorrow morning but it's something that we have heard of a lot more on this particular programme and this is to do with uh, adult abuse or elder abuse and it seems now that 10% of Irish adults have seen adult abuse in the past year alone and new findings from Red Sea Research is commissioned in, which was commissioned by Safeguard Ireland uh, they're calling by the way for a 24 hour helpline to be set up uh, out of that people are asking and looking for tougher laws which means if people saw a loved one being abused uh, that more action would be taken to combat that particular abuse. Now it's something I think we won't get to today in the show but we will discuss it on tomorrow's show and it takes us back to a call we had last week and this was Mary who spoke to us on the show last week and it was her son who was first of all verbally abusing her and then across the bank holiday weekend he got physical and Mary wanted to speak out because she knew that this alone could not just be happening to her and had to be happening to others in the Cork area. She spoke out. By the way, Mary is doing well. I spoke to her towards the uh, end of last week and we'll bring you a further update during the week. Can't say too much for obvious reasons but she's doing a lot well. Since she initially spoke to us she was very, very worried, very concerned. Uh, when she reached out to us she got a lot 
lot of support as we did get advice for her uh, from the likes of Senior Helpline and we put her in touch with various people uh, like her own GP, the Gardaí and indeed her own solicitor. So she is in a, a better place than she was initially when she contacted us about two or three weeks ago. Uh, we'll bring you a further update later this week when we're able to do so. But Mary is doing well, uh, but it's raising the whole issue of adult abuse in this country and that research showing that 10% of Irish adults have seen an increase in that particular abuse in the past year. So that's a worry uh, and, and no surprise uh, by the number of calls we're getting. And also something that is no surprise to us is the shortage of crash places whereby now some crashes simply are turning people away because they're full and also how the cost of putting children in the crash is putting people off having children even starting families and that is something which is having a knock-on effect for society. A lot of people now starting families went into their late 30s, went into their early 40s because the cost first of all involved with setting up a family, buying a house if you're lucky enough to be able to afford to buy a house in an area whereby it actually would make sense to buy a house and then you have another mortgage by the way of childcare. Anyhow, there's a severe shortage of crash places for babies and toddlers and as a result a lot of people are saying of the free childcare scheme for three to five years old and there's calls to look at that and relook at that and I suppose a lot of people are lucky if their parents are living nearby that maybe their, their parents or their aunts can look after their children but not everybody has that luxury if you've moved away from work and you're living in various areas of the county or indeed maybe living outside of your local area and something else that is making news in the Times Ireland edition this morning and this is how foreign citizens are massively less likely to join sports clubs than those who were born in Ireland. Uh, It seems the gap between non-natives and Irish-born individuals who take part uh, in sport has led to a call in the sector uh, for more welcoming and inclusiveness in all sports. It seems half of the Irish adult population take part in sports socially and that research is coming from the Federation of Irish Sport but it seems the figure drops to 30% among those with the lowest incomes and 23% for adults with disabilities. Also, almost 20% of Irish-born adults are members of sports clubs compared with 77% of non-Irish-born adults. So interesting research there. The only thing uh, from this I can think of and the, the problem is people that are coming from other countries to this country are moving to urban areas so if they were moving to more rural areas and clubs who need people to get involved it would be fantastic to think that people who are moving from other countries want to live in a rural area uh, can join the local GA club the local soccer club the big problem of course is we have people moving from other countries to Ireland but everybody wants to live in a city or an urban area so that might not solve the problem of what is happening in local areas and local GA clubs merging or trying to survive because the youth are leaving and moving to cities and urban areas also. And how many times do we hear from people who are worried living near the coast And I'm sure this is also relevant here to the Cork Coast because a global warming expert has warned that Ireland is shrinking. It seems parts of the country are being eroded at a terrifying pace, uh, basically because, I suppose, of the rising waters and the violent storms we've had over the last number of years. The Coast Watch director, Karen Dubsky, she is highlighting this and she says over the past two years, there's been a huge loss in the natural landscape with cliffs and water banks 
just slowly eroding and they feel that no one is making a big deal over this and that in time as we go on to five or ten years you'll see huge chunks of land the size of football fields crumbling into the water and then people will start taking action when it's too late is what they're saying and very finally and this is to do with cars and we're always speaking about how can we make our roads safer how can we reduce speed well it seems now all cars built from May 2022 onwards which is only about three years away, uh, they will include speed assistant technology to make our roads safer. This is according to the new EU plans, which means that speed limiters will become mandatory for all cars which are sold across Europe. Uh, The European Transport Safety Council say the technology that they will have in these cars will use GPS systems to automatically limit the speed. Uh, The survey by the AA, of course, earlier shows that 56% of Irish people are, are saying that they support these particular measures. Will they work? Uh, we'll have to wait and see but seemingly from May 2022 if you buy a brand new car you'll have this GPS technology in the car that will automatically limit the speed of the particular vehicle let us know if you agree with that or not is it a good thing is it a bad thing will it work I think the majority of people will agree with this because a lot of people feel that speed is an issue on our roads anyhow let us know 1850-333-103 and a big week at this weekend in Skull the Fastnet Film Festival taking part and uh, taking place in Skull of course this week and a big names by the way coming to Skull Bush uh, Saoirse Ronan of course arriving in Cork tomorrow over 7,000 people are expected to uh, head along to Skull for the big event which kicks off on Wednesday for five days so we'll hear more about that across the course of the week 1850 lines open or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 86 but that issue of fines for littering and how come so many people are getting fines after they litter our countryside but they're not paying them uh, discussing that next Half of Irish teenagers have been drunk more than once. That is according to recent research. The findings come from the Western Regional Drug and Alcohol Task Force of teens aged 15 and 16 years. Sheila Gilhini is Chief Executive of Alcohol Action Ireland and joins me. Good morning to you, Sheila. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. I suppose for many, it's no surprise that teens are consuming alcohol at that particular age, but it seems to be the level of drinking and also how some have admitted to drinking in pubs and clubs at that young age. Yes, that is absolutely concerning. I mean, really to have, you know, 77% of those teenagers saying that they have uh, been drinking. And in fact, actually, 30% of them had tried alcohol by the age of 13, which is just so young and really a very, very dangerous thing for young people to be to be doing. The, the readily uh, availability of alcohol is obviously a, a huge issue and whether they're getting it at clubs or pubs or discos or being able to get it through off-licences uh, by a friend um who you know it 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 uh, is is concerning on on all levels so you know one of the things that we're very keen to see uh, is the full impl- in the full implementation of the alcohol act and one of the the measures within that act was um minimum you know, pricing and we feel that this is a, a particularly important um uh, tool in the fight against uh, underage drinking yeah, I suppose worrying the fact that, first of all, we have uh, teens at that age going into pubs and clubs, getting in the entry, which I presume they're using false IDs or something like that to get in, and then being served alcohol. Another part of this report shows parents and parents' responsibilities uh, towards their teenagers. They're still under 18, so technically not supposed to be drinking. Uh, there is an attitude among some that it's okay to have a few drinks 
in front of your parents. But then uh, some research comes in showing that those teens are the ones that are drunk more than once because maybe they're in an environment that's too relaxed. Yes, I mean, there is very clear evidence that uh, teenagers and young people do respond to the, the clear messages that they will get from parents. So if parents are able to be very clear that it is not acceptable uh, to be drinking underage, um, they, they do listen to, to that. But, you know, very often it can be hard for parents. They can have an ambiguous attitude themselves towards alcohol and they are very much surrounded by, um, I, I suppose, an environment uh, that, that's saying that, it, that you know, drinking is a social norm. So it is difficult for parents. So we would be putting out a very clear message that there is no safe level of drinking uh, underage, and um, we would definitely be calling for you know those those uh, measures such as uh, reducing the amount of advertising of alcohol. We're very aware that you know there's saturation level of alcohol advertising. We've only got to look at the amount of sports sponsorship that goes on through the drinks industry to really see you know how all of us are being uh, bombarded by these images that it is, you know, acceptable and normal to be drinking. Yeah, and those uh, images we were used to seeing usually are around big games, uh, be that whatever sport you're into, there is a, an alcohol-related adverse involved with those particular big games. But then the sportier organisations will say without those particular sponsorships and adverts from those drink companies, they would not survive. So if it's a case of you take away the advertising from sporting organisations, from TV shows, TV stations who show the particular sports then, is there a gap there to fund the sports? How do you feel that gap then? Because you'd have an argument from the sporting organisations on that front. Well, firstly, you know, uh, other countries have banned uh, sports uh, advertising and the sports have been able to, uh, or sports marketing from the drinks industry and the sports there have been able to to survive. Um, Certainly, we would be very keen to see support for um, activities, particularly at, at local level, um, you know, perhaps by way of um, grants from government, perhaps you know through a levy on the drinks industry might be one particular way of of doing that, as of replacing that that kind of um, funding. But uh, as I say, we can certainly point to other countries. Iceland, in particular, um, would be one country which has seen you know a huge drop in underage drinking. It doesn't have uh, advertising of alcohol, and it does give support to you know local sporting organisations you know through um, through a grant system that that would be in operation there. So there are there are definitely other ways of, of being able to, you know, to, to, to fund sports. But certainly this free-for-all that we have at the moment whereby young people are being exposed to massive levels of advertising just simply has to stop. Yeah, because a similar survey was conducted in 2015 that showed lower results uh, than what we're seeing now at the moment. And, and that could be because of the advertising and uh, the changing nature of drink and the way it's advertised via social media as well in the last uh, four to five years. But price, as you mentioned there, that's another issue. You can buy alcohol now so cheap these days. Is that a problem? Because when we mention this always, you have the argument, then you have your responsible drinker who may just uh, purchase a bottle of wine and, and maybe drink the wine across the weekends uh, just on a social occasion at home, should they be then punished because of irresponsible binge drinkers and many of those who may be buying drink for teens or teens accessing the alcohol themselves, wherever that be? 
Well, actually, you know, minimum unit pricing is a, a very targeted measure, and it um, it really doesn't affect the drinking of you know people who would be drinking in that uh, low risk kind of a way. Mm. Um, they, you know, really where it comes into play are with two groups. You know, people who would be very price sensitive, such as teenagers, and people who would be drinking to very high levels of of excess. And uh, we've seen in other countries and jurisdictions where you know it has come into play that it really has had a very significant uh, impact in, in the areas. Um, you, you know, the, if we look actually at the, the price of alcohol to our own price survey that, that we would do annually, uh, you know, last year we were seeing prices as, you know, cheap as twelve fifty for a bottle of gin or vodka spirits. Um, that, you know, under minimum unit pricing, that price would actually go up to at least €21. Euro, and that does drive a reduction in overall alcohol consumption within those, you know, very high risk uh, age groups. Yeah, because obviously the higher the price for those underage groups, they won't be able to afford them. But then that does not frustrate those who are responsible drinkers and who say, well, I can afford the cheaper spirits, but I'm not going to abuse them. Well, what we have found, uh, you know, in looking at research and where this has come into operation, that really the the amount, the the, the extra that people would be paying uh, if they're drinking at uh, low risk guidelines is actually very low because they're not drinking that much in the first place. So the little bit extra that they are paying for really doesn't have a massive uh, impact on, on their pocket. OK, we'll wait and see what happens with that. Interesting research there for the moment, uh, Sheila. Thank you for joining us this morning uh, on that particular research coming in from the Western Regional Drug and Alcohol Tax Force into the behaviour and indeed drinking of teens in this country. Your views are welcome. 1850 333 103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103. What does need uh, to happen for the future of alcohol, especially when it comes to teens accessing alcohol and the cost as well? I mean, will that work with the minimum price that it's too dear for teens to purchase alcohol. As you heard Sheila Galhini there, who's a chief executive of the Alcohol Action Ireland, describe your views are welcome. 1850 333103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103. This is C103, Cork Today with you until one. Our lines are open. 1850 On the way after 11, we're going to continue our preview of the local election areas here in Cork. Today, we'll be looking at the Formoy area. Also, we're going to hear about how doing your homework and watching TV does not mix well. Discussing a study being carried out by Ovens National School and the NUI in Galway. Also we're hearing of a silent protest going ahead this morning at the County Council offices in Tralee. This is Kerry County Council over the proposed facility of a battery storage unit near Bally Desmond. Uh, We're going to speak to those who are protesting this morning and on what they hope to achieve by this. We did speak to them last week uh, and obviously the community there not happy of this development going ahead so near Bally Desmond or proposed to go ahead anyhow uh, so near to Bally Desmond. Uh, plus we're also hearing now of a protest going ahead this morning outside CUH. Our reporter Fiona Corcoran is on her way to CUH. We'll hear more about that. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is C103, Cork Today with you until 1. You can call us at 1850-333-103. Bernie taking your comments this morning. Or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can tweet at C103 Cork. Ahead on the programme, uh, we're going to be hearing and looking ahead to our local election coverage for the local areas here in Cork County. Today, we're looking at the Fermoy area. Also going to hear about a survey and study being carried out among school children about doing homework and 
watching TV and how they both do not work well but how did they carry out that particular survey well we'll hear about that it was carried out with Ovens National School and in UY in Galway also Annalisa uh, Annalisa Drizel that is from the Health Hub in Banning she is along after 12 o'clock today if you have a health question or a nutritional question for Annalisa you want to get that in to us you can do that now as well uh, you can ring Bernie 1850 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 if you have a question for Annalisa uh, later today she'll join us after 12.30 also ahead we're going to hear shortly about a protest that is going on at the moment outside CUH uh, this is parents of children with type 1 diabetes we'll hear why uh, they're protesting shortly also after midday we're going to be going for a spin on the Jersey cable car because a planning application for a 10 million euro revamp of the cable car is almost ready for submission for Onboard Planola. We'll hear about that after midday as well. And shortly I'm going to Tralee live to a group of people from Bally Desmond who are protesting this morning outside the offices of Kerry County Council in Tralee. Uh, they're against a proposal of a battery storage facility which would be located near Bally Desmond. We'll speak to them very shortly. But across this week, uh, with the Mallow Home and Garden Show, Munster's biggest outdoor festival, it's a Cork race course in Mallow this weekend from May 24th to 26th. And in conjunction with the upcoming festival, C103 and Co-op Superstores in Mallow are delighted to have this wonderful prize of a Hampton three-seater corner lounging set, which comes with a three-seater sofa, an ottoman, and a coffee table which is weather resistant for year round use outside so this is an outdoor set all you have to do to be in with a chance of winning this particular set is you need to guess the guest that we've had on the sofa this particular person has joined us on this show over the last couple of years I play the person well, a clip of the person speaking in about five minutes time you'll hear the person we are talking about and then after midday we'll take calls to see if you're correct with your answers if you were you could be winning yourself that Hampton three-seater corner lounging set you'll go into the draw we'll give that away on Friday show with thanks to the Mallow Home and Garden show on this weekend at the Cork Racecourse in Mallow and the Co-op Superstores in Mallow as well details shortly on that now though I want to go to Tralee because you would have heard last week uh, Anisha O'Sullivan was speaking to Patricia about the concerns in the Bally Desmond area about this proposed battery storage facility and now the residents of Bally Desmond and surrounding areas this morning are gone to Tralee and they're gone to Kerry County Council and Anisha joins me on the line from there. Good morning to you Anisha. Morning, JP. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Now, the reason you have taken your protest to Kerry County Council is because, uh, I'm right in saying this, uh, this has gone to Borpanola. So, so far, uh, the proposal has been passed by the County Council in Kerry because the facility will be based on the Kerry side near Betty Desmond. That's correct, yes. So, Kerry County Council granted the planning permission and um, we submitted our um, appeal to on Borpanola last week. So, we're just waiting to hear on what the next step is for us with that. And the reason you're protesting is your concern over the facility, if anything goes wrong there, and you outlined this from your research last week, there's a fear that some of the communities of Gulliguilla and also Bally Desmond and, and, and that area of Slave Lucre crossing into Cork and Kerry and, and the, the, the borders there, all those communities, if something was to go wrong, no one's saying it, it could happen, but if it did happen, mm-hmm. you could see a situation whereby the likes of you and Bally Desmond may have to evacuate from the area for so many hours because of this particular storage facility. 
That's correct, yeah. So from our understanding, um, these lithium-ion batteries have um, a high possibility of um, going on fire and from that, um, toxic smog will be created and given the direction of the prevailing wind and the close proximity to Valley Desmond Village and residents, um, we believe that we would have to evacuate. Um, and I suppose we're just, from the community's point of view, we're... Um, very disappointed to have seen that uh, the Kerry Fire Service um, signed off saying that they had no um, objection to the proposed plans and that the community wasn't consulted in any way for this development. So we, coming from that point of view, um, the health and safety of, of our people. So now it's with Mbor Planola. While you're outside Kerry County Council at the moment, have you had any engagement from anybody within the council offices? Uh, we've had, yet yeah, some of the councillors have stopped by to um, offer their support to us. Um, we haven't had anything official from Kerry County Council. Um, we've had great media coverage, so we've had RTE and TJ Carter have been here. Um, the local local press have been here as well. So there's been a great turnout. I'd say we had, oh, I did a rough head count there before coming on, and I'd say we had maybe 80 to 90 people from the area coming out supporting us. Well, that's a good, a, a good, good amount of people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, regarding this particular protest, what are you? I mean, you're obviously raising awareness now, and you're bringing it mm-hmm. to, to Kerry because the fact it was uh, awarded from Kerry County Council initially. Yeah. Uh, with the actual reaction now, you're getting there today. You're hopeful that with the national coverage as well, there from TG Cahar and RTE, that it will become something that the whole country will be aware of. And hopefully, your aim here is to sit down with the developers or hear something from them to prevent this going ahead, or to chat to them on security and safety concerns? That's right. I suppose our initial um, reason for being here is just to create more awareness and let mm. the county council know that we're not happy with the current process that they have in place for our planning um, for these type of infrastructure um, and that we were very much left in the dark um, considering it is going to be in our community. We feel that we do have, that our voices should be heard and for that reason we actually went with a, a silent protest today because we felt that our voices weren't being heard so we intentionally stay quiet. And are you there with placards or are you just simply a, a number of, as you said, 80, 90 people just outside and gathered outside the offices? We're there. No, we have placards. So yeah. We had some made up during the week and we had some homemade ones um, and yeah, just standing out. Uh, hopefully they'll take notice of the messages that we had on the placards. Okay, we'll we'll wait and see what happens uh, following this, and if you like get any statement mm-hmm. from uh, Kerry County Council on the situation yep. there. I mean, we still have another bit to go uh, with board Planola. We yep. did contact Red Phase uh, last mm-hmm. week when we spoke to you. Unfortunately, yep. still waiting on a comment back from Red Phase on that, and we'll see if they come back to us. But for the moment, we'll we'll stay in touch and we'll see what okay. the uh, communities there of Belly Desmond and the surrounding areas. Is it just the area of Belly Desmond have come out this morning, or is it the wider area have come out? Oh, the wider area. Yeah. We've had um, all the townlands of Bally Desmond have been represented. We've had people from Newmarket, Guinness Grilla, um, Mill Street, um, I think Scarty Glen. Um, we've had a great, great turnout. Um, it's been fantastic. I think when we initially started, we were hoping for maybe 40 to 50, but this just blew us away the sport that we have. So, And we had all different ages. We had young babies, we had school-going children, we had everyone. And how long do you expect to stay there today? Uh, We're here since just after nine o'clock this morning and we're just wrapping up now. So there's just a few left here um, doing some final interviews and stuff. But we're just starting to wrap up. So another 
20, 30 minutes I'd imagine Alright well uh, Anita thanks for joining us this morning on your no protest worries. there outside the Kerry County Council offices in Tralee and we'll see what the next stage is there regarding that particular development but for the moment uh, thanks for joining us Anisha O'Sullivan there uh, one of those protesting and that silent protest this morning outside Kerry County Council offices uh, regarding that proposed battery facility storage unit uh, which is to be located near Bally Desmond and they're worried as you heard about the effects that could cause uh, to their particular community of Bally Desmond and the wider area there uh, and we did contact the developers Red Phase we're still awaiting uh, for an email back from them on the concerns from the local community there but Joan on WhatsApp says I do hope the councillors and MPs are listening to you today because the people of Bally Desmond and the surrounding areas will let them know what they think of them next Friday when they think they will would want us to vote for them well are we going to do the same as they did to us when no one was attending our meetings? So now the shoe is on the other foot this Friday and I hope it will hit them in their pockets with their big salaries because of us here who have our concerns in the community of Bally Desmond, says Joan on WhatsApp to 0862103103. And on the issue of drink and drinking, which we spoke about there uh, just before 11 regarding the high number of teens who have admitted being drunk at the ages of 15 and 16 and the different measures measures which could be put in place to stop this and prevent this from happening in the future. Uh, some of those we spoke about with Alcohol Action Ireland will be advertising around sporting events. Also the cost of drink in this country and the availability of cheap drink, especially when it comes to spirits. Sandy on text saying, as far as drinking is concerned in Europe, families encourage young people to drink wine with their meals, not in the pub or clubs. That is the drink culture we seem to have here. Uh, the cheap drink uh, was caused and was, was caused initially by putting home brewing but that has disappeared in those European countries however the increased awareness of drink harm has led to more seeking help than would be 50 years ago when the situation was worse due to illegally brewed alcohol consumption uh, says Sandy while another WhatsApp here is saying the rising price of drink is a turn off for tourists also if you take Scandinavian countries it did not solve uh, what they are proposing here as most people drink at home before going out and may arrive drunk at clubs which seemingly is accepted says that particular WhatsApper uh, you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 on what should be done or what can be done to prevent young people from drinking in this country especially teens we're speaking about teens so these are teenagers aged 15 to 16 admitting they are drinking and getting quite drunk on the drink they're consuming and the price of alcohol is one issue that keeps coming up how cheap you can avail of spirits in this particular country Anyhow, uh, your views are welcome. What should be done? 1850-333-103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Now, we did mention about the Mallow Home and Garden Show. It's on this weekend and indeed across the week we're giving you a chance to win a Ham- uh, Hampton 3 3- seater corner lounging set. It's an outdoor set with thanks to the Mallow Home and Garden Show, ourselves here at C103 and a co-op superstores in Mallow. You'll go into the draw every day this week and someone will be chosen on Friday who will win the overall prize. You've the guest though who was our guest on the sofa. This was a guest we had on the show over the last couple of years. Uh, we'll take calls on this after midday but this is the guest we're looking for you to identify. Not taking calls now but we will take calls for the competition after after midday, but do you know the guest we had on over the last couple of years here in the show? And the, the ones that I've been most in awe of, I, I was in awe of Madonna, but I knew I was going to be in awe of Madonna. The one that surprised me was Tom Cruise, because I didn't really care about Tom Cruise. 
Okay, who was that person? Well, if you think you know, uh, keep it in your head and we'll look for callers after midday on that. Not now, after midday, uh, that person spoke to us at an outside broadcast a number of years ago. You could win yourself that Hampton three-seater corner lounging set with thanks to the Mallow Home and Garden Show, ourselves here at C103 and the co-op superstores in Mallow. Uh, we look for calls on who that person is after midday. Now, shortly, we're going to concentrate on the local election areas and today looking at the area of Fermoy. Uh, but a protest, another protest is going ahead this morning outside CUH. And this is parents of children with type 1 diabetes. They're raising awareness of the lack of staff that are there to treat children who are going along uh, with the ailment to CUH. One of those parents is Rosalind Buckley. And our reporter, Fiona Cochran, in the last few minutes, went to UH and spoke to Rosalind. Okay, so Rosalind, why are you guys here today? Who are you and why are you here? We're parents of children who suffer from type 1 diabetes. Uh, we're here today to raise awareness of the lack of staff inside the CUH for our children. Well, there used to be two consultants, uh, Dr O'Connell and Dr O'Riordan. Dr O'Connell left uh, two years ago and hasn't been replaced. These children are meant to see a consultant every three to four months. Those children who are under Dr O'Riordan are being seen, but at a kind of a delayed period, they're being stretched out further. My child has not been seen in two years by, by a consultant. So this is a child who's suffering from type 1 diabetes, which is pancreas failure, basically. It's not any way lifestyle related or brought on by anything he's done, which is, you know, kind of what a lot of people get confused with the different types of diabetes. Um, he's 12 years of age. He was diagnosed at age seven. He has to do six or seven injections every single day, as well as checking bloods every two hours, which can involve pre- and doing a test. Um, with daily daily uh, struggles with calculating the amount of carbohydrate he's consuming. The nurses are absolutely fantastic, but we've only three nurses to, there's over 400 diabetic children in there. Um, and we have a dietitian, um, Stephen O'Riordan, the consultant in there who is still seeing children. He's also an endocrine and a thyroid. He's uh, all the autoimmune he sees all those patients. So he not only has he got 400 plus diabetic children, he has all those other patients as well. So he's just completely overstretched. He can't, you know, it's, it's not the man's fault. He wrote a report himself back in 2015. Um, and the, the correct, uh, you know, the, the, the best practice would be that there would be one consultant to 150 children. So at the moment, there's one consultant to over 400. And what kind of an effect is that having on the children? Well, I mean, all we can do is hope that Daniel will um, continue to stay healthy. We do our best with him. We, you know, we can check bloods at home and see what his levels are. But really, at the end of the day, when we come back to the hospital, we should be seeing a professional who can look over all these little readings and give us uh, advice and, and direction. Uh, Daniel has also been checked for celiac disease because these all go together, all the autoimmune. Every diabetic child is screened for celiac. It goes like one in ten diabetics will have celiac as well. So Daniel has come back now with elevated levels for celiac. Um, so we had to bring him in last week for an endoscopy. And he was in for the day and had his endoscopy and the gastroenterologist who came back up to the room said, you know, uh, follow up with the the consultant who referred you, who was a Dr. Garcia. She was just standing in back in December. Um, She's not a diabetic consultant. Dr. Garcia is gone for months and, you know, the gastroenterologist didn't even know that the consultant who referred Daniel is now gone. So I said, who's going to read his results? And he just basically looked at me and was when the nurses stepped in and said, come back to me, one of the diabetic nurses. He said, I'll find someone to read the results in two or three weeks time. And he said, stress to me, don't. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Don't leave the school because otherwise they'll just be out in the ether. That's Rosalind Buckley speaking to our reporter Fiona Cochran in the last few minutes to these and she's one of the parents of children with type 1 diabetes who are protesting at the moment outside CUH. They want to raise awareness of the lack of staff uh, that are in the service who treat children with a particular ailment and they will uh, will be basically outside CUH for the next while to raise awareness of this because of the staff shortages within the system. Anyhow, there she was uh, highlighting why they are uh, protesting and, and again, all coming back to staff shortages and and it's, it's the children and the parents and the families are, are the ones who are suffering with that. It just shows the reality of what is happening when it comes to services in our health system, which is still coming down to staff shortages. And that's just one aspect of it there uh, with diabetes. We've heard of so many other services which are also suffering. Anyhow, lines open 1850 on the way, we're going to continue our preview of the local election area. Uh, we'll be looking at the Fermoy area next. The latest jobs on C103. Official media partner of the Irish Examiner Cork City Marathon, Sunday, June 2nd. Get working now to run the full half or relay. More details at c103.ie. And on today's job spot, we have opportunities for the Angler's new gastro bar and restaurant in Cargahand are looking for a restaurant and event manager and experienced server. Send your CVs to info at theanglers.ie. The Lepin have a vacancy for full-time experienced chef. Email your CV to thelepin1832 at gmail.com. And various caretakers and administration positions are available in the Whitechurch and Inascara areas. That's part of the Blarney Community Employment Scheme. You can contact 021-438-4444 for further details. You'll find these jobs and more online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And we are looking at the constituencies for the local elections. We did so last week and we continued this week. Today we feature Fermoy and joining me is John Ahern, reporter with the Avenue newspaper. Good morning to you, John. Morning, uh, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. Now, looking at the Fermoy area, I suppose, changes here, John, with this constituency since the last time round. Charleville joined the area in 2014, uh, but that goes out of the area this time round. Uh, correct, yes, yeah. Um, yes, the, the redrawing of the boundaries is a, 
a familiar enough theme with our local authorities. So I'm um, uh, Charleville, who were uh, part of the, the Fumoy uh, municipal area um, on the last occasion. Um, uh, Charleville in its entirety uh, now moves to Cantorque. So let's talk now about those who be running. But first of all, this particular area, it's a six-seater with nine Correct. candidates running with five existing councillors all seeking re-election here. Correct, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. if you want to go through them there, yeah. Man, yeah, uh, I suppose, that, that yeah. if you look back, first of all, the poll topper the last time round, that was Noel McCarthy. At the time, he was with Labour in 2014, uh, now with Fine Gael. I suppose when it comes to these, John, you'll be aware, a lot of the local elections, even though people might not want to say it, uh, it is a lot about the personality and, and the person on the ground doing the work, maybe the, more so than the parties in some instance, but obviously the parties have a reflection as well on the person. But will this make a difference this time around, the switch up of, of parties here? Yeah, well, well, in the case of Noel, anyway, as you've um, uh, referenced there, yeah, he had a, a poll topping uh, performance uh, last time around. Um, I think um, he had uh, three thousand five hundred uh, first preferences, which was um, a phenomenal achievement uh, by any standard. Now, it's unlikely that he's going to replicate that, but um, uh, for me, I would be very anxious to um, uh, uh, to return a councillor. So, um, Noel, um, regardless of his. Uh, party affiliation um, I think uh, Noel, Noel should be okay yeah and another party switch then was June Murphy in right. the Mitchellstown side of course she was with Sinn Féin gone now from Sinn Féin and with the Social Democrats that's right yes yeah um, not as straightforward um, I would think um, for June um, um, she's uh, proven to be a um, um, good hard working uh, councillor on the ground in Mitchellstown but uh, there was um, an acrimonious uh, enough uh, split from uh, Sinn Féin and uh, she's now aligned to the Social Democrats, who are obviously um, one of the country's uh, newer parties and uh, wouldn't have um, a huge profile. Um, but um, she will she will be in the, the shake-up, but um, she, 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 she could um, struggle to do as well as she did the last time. Even though from the Mitchellstown side of the area, June w- w- would be based in that area and would have a lot of groundwork done, you still think because, is it the change you, you think? Will, is it confuse people or are just people, is there a Sinn Féin vote in that particular area more than other areas? Yeah, well, I mean, there isn't a, there isn't a huge there isn't a huge insane uh, vote in either for my or Mitchellstown, uh, John Paul. But it is, uh, I suppose, what you describe as a, a core a core vote. It's there all the time, and um, Sinn Fein uh, voters, in my experience, anyway, John Paul, they're they're interested in voting for Sinn Fein candidates, and, and and that's kind of it, you know. Um, but look. I don't know. Um, as I say, uh, under the under her new banner there the, of the Social Democrats, um, she might be able to uh, freshen things up. But we'll have to wait and see. Okay, we have of course a uh, long-time councillors in this as well. One of those, uh, Franco Flynn uh, with Fianna Fáil. Uh, how do you think Frank will fare out at the, uh, in this one? Frank being there for a number of years uh, in the council chambers. Yes, um, you know, um, yes, uh, Frank um, um, enjoys a very high profile. Um, is um, is is uh, frequently um, um, on on radio and in the media. Um, even his detractors um, uh, can't um, question his his work rate or energy. Um, again, um, I met uh, Frank uh, during the week, um, and he was saying that <clears throat> he could possibly be, on, be under pressure. But 
I think that was with um, a view just to sort of galvanising uh, the vote. No, uh, Franco, Franco or Flynn, I, I think, um, can be put down for a seat, most definitely. Fianna Fáil, though, a lot running in the Fermoy area. Three candidates. Three, w- yeah. Will that make any any change to their voting there? Yeah. I mean, you have the Fianna Fáil, uh, you have Deirdre O'Brien, of course, who was co-opted uh, when her brother Kevin uh, became a TD in 2016. So, uh, you know, she comes from the big O'Keefe family there, uh, that of Ned and uh, her brother Kevin now. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just taking. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's Deirdre's uh, first campaign. But as as you as you've said there, um, uh, uh, John Paula, her her Fianna Fáil, um credentials are are pretty impeccable. Um, uh, being the daughter of Ned and uh, the brother of the the sitting um, uh, Fianna Fáil TD uh, Kevin. Um, yeah, Deirdre. Uh, she was co-opted in. It was two thousand and. Um, Sorry, yeah, yes, she was co-opted in 2016. Yeah, um, uh, since then, yeah, she hasn't. Uh, she 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 has done very little wrong. She's she's applied herself well, and she should be fine. Um, that's 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 essentially an O'Keefe seat there, which she will hold. Um, <clears throat> uh, William O'Leary um, is 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 an interesting uh, individual. Um, at 28 years old, he's the youngest um, the youngest um, candidate on the list. Um, he's uh, Part of the just um, Fianna Fáil trio that they're trying to get elected. Uh, he's running. He's running a strong, a strong campaign. Um, he it's it 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 will be a it will be a big enough ask and a fair achievement if they could get three. But yes, possibly. Um, yeah, definitely Deirdre and Frank, and possibly um, William O'Leary to be elected. Yeah, and Willem would be known on the ground as well on the Rathcormark side of the Fermoy area and he would be used to canvassing because he was involved with Fianna Fáil for a number of years seemingly and served as well I think to PA to Kevin O'Keefe for a while. That's right, yes, yeah. <clears throat> yes, um, yeah, uh, William would have um, a pretty um, um, good apprenticeship um, served there with Fianna Fáil. Um, he's in a good enough uh, area there, um, uh, uh, Rathcormark, uh, which is rapidly expanding village all of the time. Um, and uh, his uh, his affiliation with uh, the local uh, Bright Rovers GA club won't uh, do him any harm either. And uh, Kay Dawson in the Mitchellstown side of things. Uh, Kay uh, ran last time. She's a sitting councillor for Fianna Gael. Um, and Kay also, like the others we mentioned, a lot of work on the ground over the last number of years. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Kay, um, uh, Kay, Kay Dawson has has made a strong um, impact uh, since being um, elected. Uh, she's um, uh, up to speed with um, all of the issues um, on the ground. Uh, she has um, she works uh, she works very closely with um, the elderly and has been to the fore in a lot of um, in senior citizens campaigns and so on. And obviously um, <clears throat> that. <clears throat> that particular age group um, are ultra reliable when it comes to turning out to vote. So um, yes, um, um, Mitchellstown will be uh, looking to retain uh, the services of, of Kay Dawson. I'm predicting you. Now we spoke about Labour briefly a while ago with Noel now gone from Labour. He he also gone to Fine Gael uh, and a new candidate for Labour this time around. That is David Kennelly. Uh, he's a first time candidate, isn't he? Uh, that's right. Yes, yeah, David uh, Kennelly or Kennelly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I, I, again, um, sort of a, a debut campaign. Um, wouldn't enjoy the the highest of profiles. Um, um, has a has has an impressive CV. Uh, being a former member of the Defence Forces and now working with the Cope Foundation. Um, an, an uphill uh, battle, I would think, for David, but um, but possibly a, a man for the future. 
and Sinn Féin are running with Helen White from Mitchellstown, another first-time candidate here. And as you mentioned, uh, there is a Sinn Féin vote further from my area. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting here, um, um, uh, John Paul. Um, I, I'm, this is this is um, this is um, Helen Helen White. I, I may be talking about um, uh, uh, the last seat. Maybe um, uh, she she will definitely be in the shakeup. Um, uh, that's for sure. Um, what uh, what the, the situation with um, herself and June Murphy? How that's going to pan out? Um, I'm not altogether sure. But um, um, uh, the, uh, the white, the white family or the white name would have would have strong uh, Republican uh, stroke um, uh, Sinn Fein uh, connections. Um, uh, the, the 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 rancher, or sorry, Timmy, the rancher white, um, um, now deceased, uh, ran in 2014 and got um, a respectable enough vote. So she'd be hoping to pick up that in addition to this this core Sinn Fein uh, vote that I'm talking about. So yeah, um, uh, Helen White should be should be a contender um, at, on at the count next Saturday. And the late Timmy would have done a lot of work in that area over the years as well. So yes, yeah, well yeah, yes, absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, Timmy of the Rancher, as he preferred to be called, um, he was um, a, a colourful individual, um, no stranger to the airwaves. Um, um, had 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 plenty to say. Uh, yeah. So so um. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 his 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 impact could yet be um yet play a part. And the only independent non-party running in Fermoy is Frank Roach. Now he has campaigned over the years on many grounds and many issues. Mm. Uh, he'd be known in the agricultural community. Uh, Frank, he did run in 2014. Didn't make at that time, but he's running again. I uh, didn't make it, uh, John Paul. Yeah, but um, it, it doesn't seem to have um, uh, d- uh, d- deflected or, or, or hampered his enthusiasm. Um, uh, I, I, again, uh, being an independent, uh, you're uh, drawing on your own uh, resources and uh, doing an awful lot of the work yourself. Um, uh, Frank is Frank is talking a good fight. Um, he's been out there. Um, he's 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 this this this, this his famous van. Has been um, uh, poppy up at uh, lots of uh, crossroads and, and junctions um, in, in an effort to, 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 to promote him himself and his cause. Um, he had um, a well attended uh, launch in Mitchellstown. Um, he, he's he's out there. Um, uh, will be hoping for for this uh, rural vote, um, and will be um, uh, will be hoping that um, the farming uh, community and um, and those in the agricultural contracting business will 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 get behind him. Um, an outsider, um, you you would have to say, but uh, that that last seat is going to be very keenly contested. So uh, so if 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 if, if he gets enough preferences he, he could stay in there for a long time and when we're mentioning and speaking about the other local electoral areas there John we see from some that there is an independent vote is there a big independent vote in Formoy? <clears throat> traditionally uh, no no we, 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 we're, we're, we're pretty much um, we're pretty much in, in, in civil war politics mode still in regard to, um, uh, to uh, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael uh, those two traditional parties are, are very well established in both Formoy and Mitchellstown and the surrounding catchments. Um, so I, I don't, I don't um, see any, any, any major change in that scenario. 
And the issues then here that everybody has been discussing over the last uh, number of years, uh, a lot of various issues, but the big ones that seem to be coming up, and you'll know them as well, are, uh, first of all, the weir in Formoy, a big contentious issue for Formoy at the moment, and also broadband. Uh, there are some of the big issues uh, that are affecting the Formoy area. Um, yes, yeah. Well, I mean, in 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 fairness, now, uh, John Paul. I mean, the weir, the weir is a, is a relatively new um, um, issue, and I suppose it it sort of demonstrates the the, the dynamic of local politics is that um, an issue like that uh, can can come up and and has to be addressed. Now, uh, the scenario with the weir is that everybody is in favour of uh, restoring it. Um, um, to its to its to its former glory. So so there's no one there's no one opposing that um, initiative. But obviously you have a whole it's it, it's a complex issue with 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 cost and 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 design and all the rest of it. So um, the other thing you you mentioned there is that broadband. Yeah. Well, um, I suppose the, the 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 recent announcement by the by the government um, is uh, striking the right tone when it comes to broadband. Uh, so um, if if all of this is going to come to pass, we're we're all going to have um, a top of the range service. But you know, uh, time will tell. Yeah, and I mentioned there about changes to, to the area regarding uh, Charnival. Has there been changes on the other side near Rathcormark, or, or would that be more for the Mallow side, where the Glenville and those areas have they moved? As, so, sorry, yeah, 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 no. As I say, um, um, the the the, the aforementioned um, uh, William O'Leary, there now who's from uh, Rathcormark, mm. um, he he's he's catchment stays intact but um but there is a change to um sorry there is a change John Paul uh, to Watergrass Hill. No 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 water Watergrass Hill has a, um kind of a complex enough um um scenario there in recent times. Um uh, water Watergrass sorry, part of Watergrass Hill was in uh, the Fomoy electoral area in two thousand and fourteen. But um but but following uh, the the redrawing of the boundaries, uh, all of Watergrass Hill now has moved to uh, uh, Cove, the Cove electoral area. All right. So will that make a difference for some of the candidates? Um yeah, it will, but but having said that it's on the edge. It's on yeah. the edge of the it's on the edge of the constituency. Um so yeah, obviously look there's going to be a few uh, votes um um, um, there's going to be a few votes uh, lost or gained. And going course, to um, yeah, ju- ju- sorry, just just going back to the Charleville situation there. Um, 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 uh, I, I I meant to say that you'll you'll know anyway that uh, Ian Doyle, Ian Doyle from Charleville was in the for my area uh, on on the last time around, but um, but uh, but 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 is is isn't in the for my area this time, but is still running. So obviously the people will decide on Friday. They'll be the ones voting in the my area. Any predictions? Could you call it, or is it just one of those areas whereby it's um, going to be hard to call? Well, 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 well some of it, yes. I mean, um, uh, yeah, the, the Fianna Fáil, um, uh, Fianna, the Fianna Fáil vote will hold up uh, pretty well um, by some effective vote management strategy on behalf of your typical uh, Fianna Fáil voter. Uh, uh, Deirdre O'Brien, uh, Frank O'Flynn, and uh, William uh, Willie O'Leary um, uh, should should make it. Um, uh, the Fine Gael, 
the Fine Gael uh, duo of uh, Kate Austin and uh, Noel McCarthy will get elected, I'm predicting. Now, all of that obviously comes with a health warning. But anyway, so that, that brings you up to five. Um, uh, uh, Deirdre, Frank of Finn, um, uh, William, K and Noel. So um, uh, a scrap for the last seat anyway, um, uh, John Paul, is what we're saying, uh, the, the sixth and final seat. Um, that is that is very difficult to, uh, to call. Um, I, I could I could hazard. I mean, if you want me to, to, to just to give my own impression. Um, again, uh, June Murphy and 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 Helen White, I think have 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 the best chance of getting that seat. Right, well, we'll know on, on Friday or across the weekend, anyhow. The people will vote, of course, on Friday that the results uh, coming across the weekend. Uh, John, thanks for your analysis there and previewing the Fermoy local electoral area this morning. And as I said, we will find out uh, next Sunday or Monday who actually will be sitting at the next uh, new uh, council chambers in County Hall. Thanks for joining us, John. Uh, OK, uh, John Paul, yeah. Thank you. John Ahern there uh, from the Avondu newspaper looking and previewing the Fermoy local electoral area. And tomorrow we continue our look at the local electoral areas here in Cork. We will be concentrating tomorrow on the Cargilline area. And then on Wednesday, we'll be looking at McCroom Mill Street. That's ahead this week when it's coming to the local elections. On the way, though, we're going to hear about homework and how many of you... Uh, or, well, if you might be a secondary school listening to us, you probably aren't at the moment. But uh, if you have children of your own and they're at home and they come home in the evening, they put on TV and they decide to do their homework with television, is it a big distraction? Well, research was carried out by Ovens National School along with Inuai Galway. And we'll hear what they found next. Homework while watching TV? Well, that can be impossible for some of us, even though many, I'm sure, have tried it over the years. Well, new research carried out with Ovens National School and Inuai Inuai Galway, well, more or less proves this. Dr. Sandra Galvin is from Inuai Galway and joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Sandra. Uh, Good morning. Thanks very much for having me on. And thanks for joining us. First of all, tell us about this scientific research, which was carried out with Ovens National School. Uh, What classes, first of all, were researched? So um, this is a fantastic project that I have to say was um, completely carried out by themselves. This is um, a fourth class, would you believe, in uh, Ovens National School in Cork, together with their teacher, Connor Murphy. Um, they entered a competition that we run. Um, it, 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 we're based in NUI Galway, but we're actually a national support network that operates across five universities in Ireland, including University College Cork, together with our colleagues there in the Health Research Board Clinical Research Facility in Cork. And the competition, it's called the START um, competition and it's schools teaching awareness of randomised trials and um, this this uh, class this fantastic group of young people entered this competition and they decided on the question they wanted to look at the impact that does watching television while doing written homework um, cause you to lose concentration i.e. are you going to be spending all evening doing your homework if you're also trying to watch the television at the same time and the challenge around this competition is really to get young people engaged and more aware around the concept of a randomised clinical trial. Um, today, and it's, it's very timely that I'm talking to you today because today is the 20th of May and it is International Clinical Trials Day. And that is a global, um, a global event which recognises the and celebrates the first ever well-documented randomised trial that took place back in 1747 in the British Navy. And basically, randomised trials are how we make the best decisions when it comes to healthcare. And there is a particular formula for doing a randomised trial. They're also known as um, a fair test of treatments. So if you want to know the exact impact of something 
and um, are the causes or the impacts that something has on something else, the best thing to do is to conduct a randomised trial. So the class down in ovens decided to look at this issue around uh, watching television and homework. And what they did is they, they logged on to our website, startcompetition.com, and they adhered to the steps which are involved in conducting a randomised trial. So the, the challenge of this competition is really to select your own fun uh, question that's relevant for you as a class, but then to go and actually conduct the research yourselves. So it was a fantastic entry and I have to quote the class actually to sum up the findings because they had a fantastic tagline and that was TV is great but it uses you as bait to get your homework done late. <laughs> so that was um, the, the actual entry that they submitted was a podcast as well which is just a fantastic um, way to uh, submit your findings to a competition because as part of this we don't we don't stipulate the format um, students can submit their entries in any format that they like and Ovens chose a podcast which I think think is um, a, a fantastic and innovative way to share their findings. And how did they conduct this? Uh, I mean, a lot of these surveys, as you're aware, some people are afraid that the children might fear the teacher and just simply answer yeah. a question. But I'm sure with this, they, they actually sat yeah. down somewhere in the classroom and compared one class to another. Exactly. Or how did it work? Yeah, so the, the, you touched on something there about, you know, um, preconceived notions, I suppose, or, or maybe answering in a certain way because the teacher is present. But again, it was the actual students who were the researchers here. They were the ones with the clipboards and I think it's fantastic that it was fourth class. So what they did was they decided that they were going to answer this question and they needed people to take part in the trial. So who better to look for than sixth class to, to be the trial participants? So they engaged with the sixth class students and said, we're going to be running a study. Would you like to take part? They even had to go as far as to get consent forms signed by all of the potential trial participants in sixth class. Um, what they did was, as a group, they decided the question and then they decided on who. And then they decided to see if this question would really be relevant. So they carried out a survey across 167 children in the school. And very few of them actually thought it would be a good idea to do this experiment. But then the students raised the issue around, they felt that they, the students maybe weren't answering the question as well as they probably would have, or as honestly as they would have, because they felt that the, maybe the teachers were watching them when they were answering the survey. So they decided to kind of ignore that survey and to go ahead and, and to actually test this hypothesis. Does watching television mean you're going to be doing your homework for a lot longer and does it cause you to be distracted? So I think that was really interesting. So they, they asked sixth class to get involved. And what they did was, um, this is a very important key as part of a randomised trial, they randomly split the students into one of two groups. So basically like pulling names from a hash. Student A went into one classroom, student B went into the next classroom and so on and so on until both classrooms were full. And what they did is they conducted this four times over two weeks. I mean, they were really looking for um, a replication of the results and they were really giving their, their hypothesis a good test there by repeating their analysis. And what they were looking for was, this, um, basically in one class there was a television on and they were told, OK, now you can start your homework. And they said nothing to the students about what was being done. They just The students just knew there was a television on. And in the other classroom, they went into an empty classroom and they were told, you can do your homework. So as you can imagine, they probably just took out the book straight away and started with the homework and they were looking for other they were looking for signs of distraction such as talking fidgeting or in some cases just staring at the television <laughs> um, and what they found obviously was that you were much more likely to be distracted within the room within the uh, room that had the television playing um, some other interesting findings that they found they and, and again what's wonderful about this is they encountered issues that clinical researchers and consultants and nurses and, and that they experience every day when running a trial 
they had issues around one student wanting to leave the, the, the no television classroom to go into the classroom with the television and they had issues around retaining their participants within the trial getting getting them to stick with it and continue until the very end and they also had issues around analysing their data and these are all real life issues that we encounter as trialists and those working in the real life healthcare space all of the time. I think what they, they mentioned to us on Friday, um, I'll tell you a little bit about Friday as well, but they enjoyed watching the sixth class students. They loved this idea that they were the ones doing the research and the, the sixth class students were the trial participants who weren't fully as aware of what was going on because the students were running the study. Um, and they also had some fantastic ideas around how they'd improve this if they were to replicate it again. Yeah, and it shows that it, it, homework does distract, basically that it does distract somebody and, and anything. You could put this to a workforce as well, uh, bringing maybe phones into the equation how they can distract people in your workforce I could stay chatting to you for a lot longer but I must go to news at midday Sandra but uh, thanks for joining us uh, this morning and Alvin there joining us from NUI in Galway proving uh, that watching TV and doing your homework does distract students we've got a lot more of your calls and comments and we're also going on the Jersey Island cable car with our reporter Fiona Cochran changes to the city and county uh, areas when it comes to paying your social housing rent uh, that are more to come after C103 News at midday next You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. At C103 on a Monday afternoon, our lines are open 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can email jp at c103.ie or indeed tweet at c103cork. And between now and midday, your chance to win with the Mala Home and Garden Show. It's Munster's biggest outdoor festival. It's on this weekend at the Cork Racecourse in Mallow from Friday, May 24th until Sunday, May 26th. And in conjunction with the up and coming show we have a giveaway all this week it's with thanks to the Mallow Home and Garden Show and Co-op Superstores in Mallow and we have a wonderful prize it's a Hampton three-seater corner lounging set and it comes with a three-seater sofa an ottoman a coffee table which is weather resistance for all year round outdoor use okay so this is an outdoor set and I played you the guest on our sofa uh, just after 11 o'clock you need the guest the guest that is on our sofa. I play him again in about 10-15 minutes time. If you know who the particular guest is and you're the correct caller then you're in the draw for Friday where you could win that Hampton three-seater corner lounging set with thanks to the Mallow Home and Garden Show Munster's biggest outdoor festival at the Cork Race Course in Mallow this weekend and co-op superstores in Mallow uh, that on the way between now and one but a lot of calls and comments coming into us on various issues first of all uh, we spoke to Anita O'Sullivan one of those who was protesting earlier outside the Kerry County Council offices in this was over the proposed battery facility or storage facility to be based near Ballydesmond. A lot of over 80 to 90 people from the area held a silent protest outside the offices of Kerry County Council this morning. And one of those who was there was Maura because she says, I'm just home to Ballydesmond after a very well supported silent protest. Silent is the operative word here because if this battery facility goes ahead, Maura feels Ballydesmond will be 
silent. Nobody will want to live here. We fought hard for our post office, but with no pensions or child benefit, we won't have much use for one. Uh, is Morris feeding on this? She says people will always vote for the people they have done so for years, like their fathers and their grandfathers. But Barry Desmond must look to our future and let the politicians see the way we feel here at the moment in Barry Desmond by not voting on Friday, uh, says Maura. Uh, that's Maura's strong view on that. Um, some would say if you vote that you uh, will vote for those who may change. But then again, it depends on what the feeling is there in Bally Desmond. Maura is saying uh, by not voting on Friday, uh, Bally Desmond will let the politicians uh, see the way they feel there at the moment and their concerns over this particular development a battery storage facility uh, for that area of uh, Bally Desmond near it's going to be located near Bally Desmond that's why they were protesting by the way outside Kerry County Council it was the Kerry side of Bally Desmond so it was the planning application would have gone to Kerry County Council and they've approved their side of it it's gone to Umbor Planoda now uh, but again locals unhappy with this particular facility to be based near Bally Desmond and you heard earlier the reasons why uh, they were unhappy because of one of these not saying it would happen but if it did happen if one of these particular storage units uh, did uh, go on fire or if something went wrong then so many miles of the area near the storage facility which would include Bally Desmond would need to be evacuated. That's the research that those in Bally Desmond have done on this who were against the facility we did contact Redface who were those who were involved in the development they have yet not come back to us on this uh, with a statement but we await that from them. In the meanwhile in the meantime even those living in Bally Desmond, in Gwilla, in all those various areas where it affects are raising concerns and are highlighting the issues and that's what they were doing this morning in Kerry in Tralee uh, raising concern with Kerry County Council because they are the ones who uh, gave the go-ahead so far must go through a few more stages but they gave it the initial go-ahead uh, so a lot of concerns in the Bally Desmond area over that and we'll keep an eye on that particular story over the next few weeks but a, a strong text there from Maura who uh, just feels uh, that people in Bally Desmond need to let those politicians see the way that they are feeling uh, this morning there in the Bally Desmond area. We spoke about rubbish earlier on the show and this was how under half of litter fines from around the country are being paid. So some people are getting a litter fine from the local authority but they're not paying it and then it's up to the local authority to go along and bring them to court and then when they bring them to court of course there's a cost on the local authority and basically the, the cost is far away in the actual enforcement and, and a lot of people are questioning is it just wasting money having the local authority going after these particular people who are not paying their particular fines uh, you could look towards Singapore I spoke with uh, Mindy O'Brien from the Environmental Group Voice earlier she was telling me that in Singapore those who are caught littering when they are prosecutors they are then forced to go outside wear these orange jackets and pick up the litter in a certain area so they will go out and they'll be sent to a certain area that might have a problem with the litter and they'll be tasked to clean up the area and that's their punishment should we go down that route rather than going down the route of fines anyhow on that Sandy said street cleaners would cost a lot less than litter wardens and commissions going on junkers reporting on how to sort our rubbish issue here in this country also Sandy says people on social welfare are state paid so employ them to pick up rubbish and to brush our streets says Sandy it would be cheaper than these bins CCTV 
litter wardens, etc. and discourage dumping. Uh, that's how Sandy feels on text to 0862103103. And we spoke about broadband there earlier when we were looking ahead to the local elections and uh, across last week and this week we continue to look at the various areas in Cork. Today we were looking at the Fermoy area and broadband an issue as it is everywhere across the county also an issue in the Fermoy and Mitchellstown areas. Uh, Patsy in the city says that there's a rumour going around that with the high costs of the rural broadband a lot of cuts will be across the board in all sectors. People are worried about this and a lot of people are worried about the winter fuel allowance getting cut. So Patsy feels if there are people canvassing at your door now is the time to ask them will that be affected? Well I haven't heard of that. What I have heard of is that some big projects even though everybody's denying it at the moment uh, but some big projects could be affected. Um, now they have been denied and, and everybody's coming out saying that they won't be affected but there was talks that certain projects regarding roads uh, would be affected because of the cost of broadband and the cost of the rolling out the national broadband but it seems so far uh, they have been rejected and refused and they're saying that no there won't be cuts even though initially there was a document seen where there would be a cut to so many various projects that are in the pipeline to pay uh, for the rollout of broadband in this country and speaking of all the various elections going on this week Uh, One big change here in Cork is the boundary of Cork City that's going to extend into county areas. And across the weekend, we got a lot of um, calls and emails from people uh, mainly living in the Balancholic and Blarney areas uh, who are worried because they're in, uh, they've been paying their rent basically uh, for social housing, the Cork County Council for the last 20, 30 years. Uh, No problems with this. And the majority of people would go into the local post office paid their rent to the local authority so they paid their rent to Cork County Council and that was done every week or every month or every two weeks or whatever way they would pay it and that was fine but now certain areas are moving in to the city so for example people in the Glanmire Banning Blarney Tower Douglas Rochestown, Grange, Frankfield and areas around Cork Airport they're all moving in from Cork County Council to Cork City Council so the uh, services now uh, provided to them will be coming from the housing services of Cork City Council and not County and the, everybody that is moving into the city area has received a letter and the letter basically says how do I pay my rent to Cork City Council from the 31st of May this year and it gives the various options on how uh, to pay your rent to Cork City Council. You can do so in City Hall. You can do so um, via social welfare. Uh, you can do so in the standing order through your bank. Uh, there's an online you can do so on your phone and direct debit and various ways. But the one payment option that's not coming in and we are going to get on to Cork City Council and clarify this but it's worrying because it's not on the actual letter uh, is that those who would have gone in to their local post office paid their rent to the post office it doesn't seem to be an option with Cork City Council it was an option for Cork County Council uh, but it isn't seemingly an option for Cork City Council now we are going to contact the City Council and ask them about that and a lot of these areas in Ballincollig and Blarney uh, even though they are obviously near the city because they're being brought into the city boundary people are used to going along they don't fancy getting buses and trekking into City Hall in the city centre to pay their rent every month or every week or whenever they pay it Uh, they like to go to their local post office that way then how many times do we uh, ask people here on the show when we hear so much about cuts to rural 
rural areas to support if you can at all your local post office to keep it going to keep employment in the town to keep another outlet open in your local town or indeed local village and that's what a lot of people do they feel it's easier to trek across to their post office and pay their rent and also they're providing a service to their local post office and their post office are providing a service to the community but it seems not that way uh, for those areas moving into the city council so I wonder I presume there's a lot of people affected by this have we been contacted across the weekends by callers mainly the calls we got were from Blarney and Ballincollig areas I mentioned the various other areas affected so uh, let us know if you've also received those particular letters I presume it's one standard letter they're sending out to everybody at this stage uh, that there is no postal service way of paying your rent uh, with uh, Cork City Council uh, and they did say there will be uh, some small minor matters that would be a problematic from Cork County Council and Cork City Council and both of them changing when it comes to boundaries and the ways that one council might do things uh, might do a thing might be different uh, to the way the City Council will do something anyhow this is one of the things uh, you know for a lot of people they'll say well that's not a massive thing just pay the way pay it a different way go into City Hall set up a direct debit but for the majority of people that contacted us they always paid in on post and they feel that's the way they want to continue anyhow if you've been affected let us know we will get on to the City Council and see what they say on that matter but just acknowledge all the calls and texts we got across the weekend regarding that particular matter and also on the issue when I'm mentioning there about um, elections uh, Mary was on to us earlier on and she wants to know did anyone have a problem with the RTE Primetime Ireland South election debate that was aired last night she thought all the candidates should have been in the studio maybe in an audience setting Uh, she said we just got a short video clip of some of the candidates and she goes now for a bit of tongue-in-cheek. Ukraine's new president is a comedian. Sure, we have plenty of them already running the country. Uh, she says, up in the dial, says Mary, on text to 0862-103-103. Well, every broadcaster can d- decide themselves what way they want to run their particular debates. There's a lot of candidates for Ireland South and again each broadcaster is a, has their own rules and regulations on how they want to run their particular election debates once they're within the guidelines of the broadcasting authority uh, and once they, they meet those but you know it's up to RT to decide what way they want to run it um, would there be too many voices was that one of the reasons if you, it is TV I know you'll see them but would there be too many voices I think they had nine candidates in total um, anyhow Mary thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862 and uh, on I mentioning Jersey there a while ago uh, we'll be going and hearing about the Jersey cable car in a few minutes our reporter Fiona Cochran visited Jersey last week and uh, went on the actual cable car and spoke to tourists who came along there over the last while well on something uh, different Annie has been on to us but she wants to mention a festival that is running this week in Duras and this is the West Cork Yarn Festival it's a very large festival full of yarn with international vendors plus a cafe with all proceeds going to Bantry Hospice. So if you're in and around Durris uh, this week, check out the West Cork Yarn Festival being held this week in Durris. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. 
and Cork Arc they will hold a prostate cancer information evening that's going ahead this evening in Bantry from 7 to 9pm limited spaces so you're advised to book you can do that by phoning 021 427 6688 the North Cork Cardiac Support Group they will hold their first meeting in the James O'Keefe Institute in Newmarket that's on this evening at 8 o'clock and Banton Flower and Garden Club will present a flower arranging demonstration that's going ahead this evening in the Munster Arms Hotel at 8 o'clock and everybody is welcome there the Blood Transfusion Service will hold a blood donor clinic in the Abbey Hotel in Ballyvorney that's on from 5 to 8.30 this evening and the Morn Abbey Heritage Association and the Community Council invite you to a public meeting in the Community Centre in Morn Abbey that's on this evening at 8.30 and they hope to organise events to commemorate the century anniversary of the War of Independence that's this evening in Morn Abbey Court today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850-333-103 And Annalisa Giselle from the Health Hub in Bannoncolic would join us in under 10 minutes if you have a question for Annalisa get it into us now a health or nutritional question call Bernie 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 that's for questions for Annalisa Bush all morning, we've been asking you to listen out for a guest we had on our sofa. I played that guest just after 11 because all this week, with thanks to the Mallow Home and Garden Show, Munster's biggest outdoor festival at the Cork Racecourse in Mallow this weekend, and Co-op Superstores in Mallow, we're giving you the chance to win a Hampton three-seater corner lounging set. It comes with a three-seater sofa, an ottoman, a coffee table, and it's weather-resistant all year round for outdoor use. Bush, can you guess the guest we had on our sofa over the last couple of years. Here he is again. Uh, the, the ones that I've been most in awe of, I, I was in awe of Madonna, but I knew I was going to be in awe of Madonna. The one that surprised me was Tom Cruise, because I didn't really care about Tom Cruise. He spoke to us at an outside broadcast a number of years ago, but who is that particular guest we had on our sofa? If you think you know, call her 15 now to Bernie 1850-333-103. You then will go into the draw for the prize on Friday to win yourself a Hampton three-seater corner lounging set with thanks to the Mallow Home and Garden Show on this weekend at the Cork Race Course in Mallow and Co-op Superstores in Mallow. Now, the planning application for a 10 million euro revamp of the Jersey cable car. It's almost ready for submission to Onboard Panola. Locals say the project, which includes the replacement of the existing car and two new cars, along with a museum, restaurant and cafe waiting area, will bring a major boost to the area with regarding tourism. Uh, this is the 50th anniversary of the country's only cable car, which is already attracting over 20,000 visitors every year. Well, last week, our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran visited Jersey. She spoke to tourists who came to the area and asked them why they visit Jersey and indeed travel on the cable car. But first she spoke to the Mayor of Cork County, Patrick Gerard Murphy. There's a fairly significant investment proposed here and um, we're nearly ready to go for planning. We're just ironing out a few um, I suppose ecological issues that we need to solve and we're hoping to go in the next couple of weeks to submit for planning to Unborpanala and it's going to consist of a double cable car so we're going to 
replace the existing cable car with two new cable cars and, and two new towers. Um, but I suppose the most, more importantly, we're going to have some wonderful facilities on, on the mainland here, including kind of a museum, um, a restaurant, cafe, and a, a, a very good waiting area for people who want to come in and out. And with significant parking as well, which I think is hugely important. It also, I suppose, is the start of part of the Bear Away as well, so the car park can act as, I suppose, a kicking off point for people to travel Bear Away and park their cars and do that as well. So it's going to serve uh, many functions really, but I think it'll be it'll be state of the art and fantastic when it's finished, and will contribute greatly to the tourism offering here in the in the Bear Peninsula and in West Cork. Paul O'Sullivan, I do. I operate the cable car, yeah. And how many people would you have on average using the cable car every year? Uh, last year we went over the twenty-two thousand mark of paying customers. It's tourist based, yeah, but there's a lot of locals, there's a lot of farmers use a cable car every day. Um, so it's, you know, it's for the islanders and we have a lot of Irish use it too, obviously. John Walsh and I'm the project coordinator with Bear Island Projects Group. So this um, development of uh, Dorsey Cable Car, what will it bring to the area? I think it'll be huge, it'll have a huge impact to the area, like I think the whole southwest region of the country will benefit. Like I think just for the Bear Peninsula alone, I think it'll bring in you know, a huge number of visitors that'll pass, you know, Castleon Bear and pass Bear Island where I live and even the town of Bantry. Um, so all that passing trade will be a huge economic benefit to the place and I think a lot of people will stay around the area as well, which would be great for the accommodation. Richard Olford. And where are you from, Richard? Alaska. Where did you hear about the cable car? I was told I had to go here. We've got some local friends and they said, if you don't do this, you've never been to Ireland. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love it. It's just great. I'd come back in a day, any day. I drove all the way out, so I feel like uh, on the on the other side of the road as well with the standard uh, transmission. So do you think that the roads to get here are probably more terrifying than the cable car itself? Absolutely. There's no <laughs> doubt. I feel so much safer in that cable car. <laughs> Marion Luby. Initially I was a little sceptical and nervous, but absolutely not. It's a lovely feel to it and um, it's great credit to have it in the area because the island is just so beautiful. There is Fiona Cochran, our senior news reporter who travelled along to Jersey last week visiting the Jersey Island cable car, the island itself and indeed how this particular 10 million euro revamp of Jersey cable car uh, which is now ready for submission for, for to Borpanola for the area will make a difference uh, to the area so uh, hopefully it will and hopefully it will be a, a good boost to tourism but you heard there the tourists who come along to the area and uh, as you can see the benefit uh, to a certain area uh, like Jersey and hopefully we'll see more of that in various areas of Cork over uh, the next while. By the way, we did uh, hear there from the Mayor of County Cork, uh, that was Councillor Patrick George Murphy and because we did and we're in election time, I'll just uh, name the uh, candidates who are running in that area of the Bantry electoral area uh, for uh, fairness and those running are Finbar Harrington non-party, Donica Schnallig Sinn Féin, Danny Collins non-party George Gill of Fianna Fáil Holly McKeever Carnes, Social Democrats, Noel Harrington Fina Gale, John Deneen of Fina Gale, Katie Murphy of Fina Gale. Patrick Gerard Murphy of Fianna Fáil and Lorraine D. Ross of Antu. Uh, there were there because we did mention Patrick Gerard Murphy there, the other uh, candidates running for the Bantry electoral area. Now, our competition this week with the Mallow Home and Garden Show, Munster's biggest outdoor festival at the Cork Racecourse in Mallow. And it's running this weekend, May 24th to May 26th. And our prize this week with the Mallow Home and Garden Show and Co-op Superstores is that fantastic Hampton three-seater corner lounging set 
set it's an outdoor set uh, we'll take a qualifier every day on Friday we'll be announcing the winners and well done to today's qualifier Catherine McAuliffe who's from Glonthorne uh, you go into the draw you could be winning that particular prize on Friday Catherine uh, you of course identifying correctly that this guy and the, the ones that I've been most in awe of I, I was in awe of Madonna but I knew I was going to be in awe of Madonna the one that surprised me was Tom Cruise because I didn't really care about Tom Cruise of course it was Graham Norton who joined us a number of years ago in Bandon at a particular outside broadcast so Graham Norton the answer well done to you Catherine more ways of winning across the week here on C103 and we'll put you into the draw for Friday the overall prize at that particular outdoor set with thanks to the Mallow Home and Garden Show on this weekend and Co-op Superstores in Mallow on the way if you have a health nutritional question Annalisa Drizel from the Health Hub in Bannon College joins us next and get those questions in to Bernie now 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Annalisa joins us next You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Cork Today on C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 0862-103-103 Busy show this morning so thank you for your calls and comments if we didn't get to your calls and comments we will uh, get to your comments on tomorrow's show somebody has just texted in about finding it hard to relax and going on holidays um, and finding suggestions what we'll do is we'll bring that to you on tomorrow's show so we'll get a better uh, mix across the morning as we're finishing up in about 15 minutes time for this particular show Uh, Nick Richards of course on from one playing Cork's greatest hits so we'll bring you uh, some of those ideas for tomorrow but we, we did get your texts and uh, we will hopefully uh, get some good ideas from listeners for you but now we'll turn our attention to nutrition and Annalisa Drizel joins us from the Health Hub in Ballincollig. Good afternoon to you Annalisa. Good afternoon, John Paul. Now, a lot of questions in, Annalisa, again, as per usual on uh, Monday afternoons. So we'll get straight into them. And first of all, Mary wants to know, anything good you can recommend for cramps? I presume she means cramps in her legs. So the, probably the first thing, the cramps in the legs can be down to a number of different reasons. Um, the most common one is magnesium deficiency. So uh, taking magnesium or rubbing in the magnesium oil into the legs morning and evening is probably the first thing to try. Now, taking magnesium in a high dose may interfere with calcium absorption. So I like to take magnesium at night time when your day's absorption of calcium has already happened. And that way, there's no danger that you'll be interfering with anything to do with bone strength or anything. Also, magnesium at night time is lovely to help your body relax into a great sleep. So something like a magnesium glycinate is one of the best ones to get a good sleep. And it just helps all your muscles uh, relax, which stops the cramping and helps the body and the brain relax as well. Um, If magnesium doesn't solve your problem, then it might be an iron deficiency. So when you're getting your blood checked with your doctor, um, make sure they check your, your iron and also your vitamin B12 is a good one to check as well at the same time. And if they're deficient, eat liver or take a supplement. OK, Mary in Charnival will stay with legs because she wants to know what's good for very bad restless legs. She said she wakes very early and has to go into ice cold water in a bath. Also, she's very painful knees. Can you recommend anything for her? So they sound like two different problems. Actually, the restless legs, John Paul, are the same as the crampy legs. Often it is. So similar yeah, recommendations. Yeah, it can be do. It can be down just even just to electrolyte imbalance. So we have different electrolytes in our body that help manage our blood pressure and get things in and out of cells and help to operate our nerves and muscles. That would be calcium, magnesium, 
sodium from salt and potassium. So if they're imbalanced, you can get a kind of, sometimes it can feel like a crawl under your leg, like under the skin that it's kind of crawling or ticking, or sometimes it might manifest as cramps. So generally the first thing to do is, again, try the magnesium. But there is um, a thought um, brigade that think that actually taking salt daily can be very helpful. I've actually often seen cramps, John Paul, in people who are on a very, very low sodium diet. So a lot of people think taking no salt at all is healthy for blood pressure, but we actually do need some salt in our diet. So what you would do would be take a crystal of sea salt or Himalayan salt uh, with a glass of water six times a day. And that's a very nice, natural way of balancing your electrolytes. So if you're doing a lot of exercise or in hot weather when you're sweating a lot, it's good to take salt tiny bit of salt every time you take a glass of water and take it up to about six times a day and then the knees sound to me like a different issue I think that's probably more wear and tear arthritis so for arthritis the best supplements are either ones that are natural anti-inflammatories like boswellia or the um, turmeric extract curcumin um, the other option then would be to take things that will actually help rebuild the joints so those ones would be things like glucosamine chondroitin MSM, which is a form of sulfur, very important for joints and skin health. Also, collagen is a natural one to help rebuild the joints. And a health shop will have lots of different supplements for the joints. So ask them which is the best one. Okay, Mags wants to know what should she use or how she can, can she deal with severe oral thrust? Now, this is due to being on antibiotics for eight months. And because she's on the antibiotics, she is suffering with the oral thrush. She's unable to eat also. So what can you recommend for Mags? awful so yeah. yeah and there would be people who would be on long term antibiotics either for skin sometimes for acne or for uh, like low grade kidney and uh, for, for kidney and urinary tract infections so there are natural things that can help with with the problem so it's always good to explore those as well rather be on an antibiotic if you can help it but if you have to be on an antibiotic it's good to take a probiotic at the same time now the probiotics are the good bacteria and a lot of them will be killed off by the antibiotic. But if you keep taking them on a regular basis, at least they're going through your um, your colon and your intestine and they can help crowd out the yeast as they're passing through. So that would be the first thing I would recommend. And then the second thing would be to do a, a mouthwash with something called grapefruit seed extract. So you'll buy this in a health shop. The brand name of it is called Citricidal, but it's, it's grapefruit seed extract so it's the extract as you could imagine so bitter from grapefruit seeds and it's a very powerful natural antifungal so if you were to rinse out your mouth three or four times a day I'd say for this listener at the moment because it sounds like the oral thrush is very bad that will eventually kill the um, the thrush fungus in the mouth and then if you're in pain doing something called oil pulling can give great relief for a sore mouth so what you do with this, and it's great as well, John Paul, for people who suffer from dry mouth, you take a spoon of oil, ideally coconut oil, because it's a very powerful natural antifungal, antifungal in it as well. So take a tablespoon of the oil into your mouth and you literally just swish it around your gums and through your teeth for about five or ten minutes and then spit out the oil. And that, that the, the antifungal is great for oral thrush, but the fat is very good to kind of rehydrate and lubricate the, the cells in the mouth so it's great for people with Sorgren syndrome who suffer from a dry mouth 
Okay, that's interesting because a lot of people do suffer from dry mouth, but also nothing worse than at least it's like having a lot of mouth ulcers in your mouth when you can't eat. There's just nothing worse than that uh, and that particular feeling. Uh, a texter here asking, uh, is it okay to use treacle in making brown bread or is it the same as sugar? Uh, it isn't, it isn't. So it is sugar really, but you know, it's uh, it's kind of um, less processed than the white sugar. So it will have some vitamins and minerals in there and you have to use something like that in certain breads um, it certainly makes them delicious um, to taste as well and if you think about the amount of treacle that you're adding into homemade bread then it's very very small in each slice so I don't think it would I certainly wouldn't worry about it and some people would actually use treacle and molasses on their porridge that's quite a strong taste but it's a very very good source of iron so for people who would be iron deficient that don't like eating red meat taking some molasses every day is really good for iron and it can be great. Molasses is another great one, as uh, John Paul, for babies that suffer from constipation. To give them a bottle of boiled water with molasses can be a great way to so- to get them going again. So there's lots of health benefits, even though it is technically sugar. OK, and a person here on WhatsApp, uh, her partner works all the time. He goes to work at three in the morning, can be back around six, so more or less shift work. But he's only getting four to five hours sleep. Could she recommend anything to give him energy? Yeah, shift work is terrible, John Paul, because it really interferes with our circadian rhythm. And our circadian rhythm is responsible for our whole stress response as well and sleep sleep response. So because he's working, and it's very, very common with shift workers, that they have very disrupted sleep and then, um, of course, a lack of energy as a result. So what I think here would be important would be to try and get the sleep right so that you're getting as much sleep as possible. And when you come home from a shift, generally it's like, you know, it's probably the middle of the night or very early in the morning. So most people maybe go straight to bed. But if you think about how you feel when you come home from work, generally you're quite buzzed up and you might need a bit of downtime. So taking something that will bring your body down is a good way to ease yourself into a longer and more peaceful rest. So I love the um, the Dr. Dealish Clare Relax Blend. It's a blend of different herbs, but primarily valerian. So if you can't get the Dr. Dealish Clare Relax Blend, take something like um, the Dr. Vogel's Dormazan. Or um, actually, there's another Irish company that make a lovely valerian um, tincture called Peace and Calm. So taking something like that will ease you into a deeper sleep. And then for energy, when you wake up, I'm always a big fan of the B vitamins for energy. And certainly with people who are on shift work, I think magnesium and vitamin C are very important to support the whole HPA axis and the adrenals that get disrupted. So um, taking a, a, a vitamin B with some magnesium and vitamin C is good for energy. And if you don't want to drink caffeine, a good way to get an instant shot of energy is to have a cup of ginseng tea. So you'll get ginseng tea in the health shops, and it does give you a bit of an energy boost, but without that sort of jittery caffeine feeling. And then the last thing I would say for people that suffer, that are on shift work that find it difficult to sleep is ask your doctor for a prescription of melatonin. Now, melatonin is our natural sleep hormone. And you know when you get that lullaby milk, John Paul, in the supermarkets, that milk is produced at night by cows with high levels of melatonin and serotonin in there to lull their babies to sleep. So getting it in tablet form can be a great way to kind of get your circadian rhythm, you know, back into sync after shift work. Unfortunately, you can buy that in in Spain and in in the US and in the UK over the counter, but in Ireland you do need a prescription for it. So either your doctor will get a prescription or pick up some when you're on holidays the next time in Spain or France. And just the product you mentioned there, Dr. Dealish Clare, what was the name of that again? 
So it's the Dr. Delish Care Relax Blend. So you could either buy it online from her website, but there would be certain health shops um, will stock it. So give your local health shop a call. And if you can't get that one, the um, Peace and Calm is another version of something similar, or the Dr. Vogel Dormazan. It's spelled D-O-R-M-E-S-A-N. Yeah, and just as you mentioned sleep, I've a lot of texts after coming in all of a sudden. Any of those products, if you're if you work nine to five, even and, and maybe normal hours, as people would call it, they will work as well if people are finding it hard just to get to sleep. Absolutely, and and the, I think probably the Doctor Dealish Care Relax Blend is one of the biggest sellers in the shop, John Paul, because we've such busy lives that when people are going to bed, they find it very very hard to unwind. So one of the first things I would always recommend is that you shut off all access to electrical devices like iPads, phones, television for about an hour before you go to bed and make sure that your room has no electrical lights in there because that can often interfere with the ability to get to sleep. Keep your phone in another in another room. If you need it for your alarm, just plug it in outside the door of your bedroom but don't have it in your bedroom. Yeah, they can all, the electric stuff can be, can be the absolutely. worst, all right, uh, and keeping people yeah. awake and your mind is thinking over different things. Anyhow, I have so many more questions in, Annalisa. We will hold them over for next week. We must leave it there. Thanks for joining us. That's Annalisa Giselle there who was uh, joining us from the Health Hub located right across from the cinema in Ballincollig. Patricia Messenger is back with you tomorrow from 10am with Cork Today. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced Enjoy Your Monday Afternoon. I'm John Paul McNamara. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.